Hey guys, it's Maya and I just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes Instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things. I'm doing more posts, more stories, and I also have to say I've started a new series called The Bottom Shelf and it's video reviews, IGTV video reviews, and I think they're super fun and they're all on the Instagram. So go follow my take on social media and specifically on Instagram at underscore my take. Maya back again, guys. I have one more update for y'all. My Take now has a Patreon. I'm trying to expand the My Take community and also expand my earnings a little bit by creating a Patreon. We have three tiers, and in the top tier, we're actually starting a My Take book club. So anybody who joins, we're going to be reading a book together a month, and there's going to be monthly live streams and Discord benefits. So I'd really, really, really appreciate it if you could go check it out. The link is in the show notes. Lilac Girls by Martha Hall Kelly follows three women in three very different situations throughout their lives when World War II starts. And even though it's not necessarily the right age range for them, it is a true coming-of-age novel because it covers right before the war, the war, and then after the war. So it's like a lot of shit and a lot of their lives. And like World War II was not very long year-wise. It was like five years or whatever. But it was a big, important time when, like, months felt like years kind of thing. So it really has that coming-of-age feel. And I bought this book as a blind date with a book, and I bought it, like, a couple years ago, and I finally got around to reading it, and it was really fun. It's definitely interesting, and I have a lot to say, so I'm excited to get into this episode. Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who listens, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. with a book we're going to start with a little bit on the writing and I'm not going to lie this book was a little slow it took me a while to get into it and it might just be because the war doesn't start for a while so the beginning sections are a lot of like exposition and character building and stuff so that might be why it took me a while but it definitely is slow and it also could just be this is not like my preferred genre like it's not a romance novel it's not a YA fantasy where you're like thrust straight into the story like there needs to be a lot of character building there needs to be a lot of like exposition and I'm not usually a huge fan of those books so that could be the case and even though it is a holocaust story in points of it like Cassia's life is a holocaust story it's not super harrowing and that could be because Cassia ends up at like a less intensive labor camp like the camp that she ends up at it's not like they're running around doing labor every day they get to work inside and yes they're experimented on which is terrible and horrible and like freaks you out but besides that like it's not the typical holocaust story and like I have read Night and I have read Prisoner B3087 which are both like very harrowing very typical of what you hear of the holocaust stories of like being ripped out of your homes and being sent away and 
working at labor camps and starving to death and all these things, whereas Cassiosaur is not necessarily like that. And so I think because of that, we're a little bit desensitized to something that's not, like, extreme in that sense, which isn't a good thing, clearly, because the Holocaust was terrible and horrible, and we can't forget how terrible and horrible it is. We can't get ourselves desensitized because otherwise history is doomed to repeat itself. But I think that also kind of factored into how it's kind of slow, especially when you know from the beginning that Cassia ends up at this camp. So the beginning stages of her life in Poland, it's like, oh, she's going to end up there. So you're just waiting for it to happen. It's like, there's a lot of things that factor into it being slow. But that was one thing I really had to touch on was how like, it's not necessarily as harrowing as some of the stories I have read. Now we're moving on to the plot. We're going to start with Caroline. We're going character by character. And Caroline might have been my least favorite point of view, even though she's kind of the most important character, because in the end, everything in this novel goes back to Caroline. It all revolves around Caroline in a sense. And she's this retired Broadway actress who volunteers at the French consulate and is part of like polite society. And this is where part of my issue from her comes from is because in the beginning she had such a focus on the French orphans and it kind of felt a little like just this white savior complex from her because it's the stereotypical like orphan thing where it's like oh help the orphan save the children which like clearly we need to help everybody who is impoverished and struggling but the stereotypical thing is like save the children kind of thing and that's kind of where Caroline fell into trying to help orphans and she has such a position of privilege in the states and being part of polite society and having all this money so it kind of felt like she was just doing this to do this and doing this to try and prove that she was better than the other people in polite society and stuff and that like for a while she felt like she was still really entrenched in polite society and so that was where a lot of my issues came from where I was like you're not just because you're sending care packages doesn't mean you are necessarily like a saint that walks on water right like I just I had a lot of issues with her character and how she was portrayed in the beginning she grew on me eventually with everything that she did for the rabbits but in the beginning it was definitely like yes, obviously, we're glad you're helping the orphans, but, like, what are you really doing on a grand scale of things? Like, this is not that big of a deal. I don't know. She just, like, it kind of felt like a gray area to me with her. And also, a lot of her story in the beginning revolves around Paul, and I wasn't a huge fan of the romance because he was married, and she was trying to help get his wife a visa, and, like, even though Paul is super nice and gets all the people to Caroline's mom's party at that one time, like, it just, I was not a huge fan of their romance. And then Caroline has a crazy ex too. And she doesn't need to have a crazy ex, but she has a crazy ex. So it's like all these things, like, I don't know. It felt strange that we were simultaneously showing Caroline as this like protector of French orphans, somebody who's eventually going to do so much to help the rabbits. And then also she's pining after this guy that's married and she has this crazy ex who like, when she runs into this ex, Paul has to pretend to be her boyfriend, and then later they're in bed and he interrupts them, so Paul has to escort him out, so Caroline and Paul never actually, like, end up being together in, like, a physical way, and then Paul goes back to France just in time for Hitler to invade, which, like, I mean, clearly we all knew, like, Paul going back to France was a bad idea because we all know how World War II shakes out and we all know that France gets invaded, but it makes sense. His family is over there. Like, I don't begrudge him for it, but then, you know, we get the call that 
he like gets through and he says hi and then the line dies and then we learn that Paul and Raina get arrested and that becomes a whole thing and it's like really hard for Caroline but she has to still like be a part of society and stuff and like I hate how society is portrayed too in Caroline's thing because literally when Betty has a kid Betty's all like oh I didn't even want one and we have all these amazing nurses here and stuff and we'll have a nanny and then immediately tells Caroline that she has to have a kid which like fuck off you don't want your kid and now you're t- telling Caroline that she has to have a kid because of societal pressures, right? Like, it was in these instances where you started to see how Caroline was drifting a little from polite society where I was starting to like Caroline more because I was like, bro, like, you don't want a kid. You literally are talking about how amazing it is that you're not actually going to have to raise this kid and now you're telling per- Caroline to have a kid. Like, it just, I don't like it. I mean, Betty eventually comes through because she buys all the silver that Caroline has to pawn, but that was a little strange. And then Paul is taken to a camp and we think that Raina died at Auschwitz. And then, like, also speaking of polite society, it takes Caroline way too long to realize how shitty polite society is. But eventually she does. And then when France is freed, she goes. And Paul is waiting for her. And she, like, moves in with him and stuff. But then we find out that the wife is alive. And Raina had a child. So Caroline has to go to an orphanage to find a child that Paul doesn't even know exists. And, like, I felt bad for her, obviously, because she thought she was going to be able to build this life with Paul. But also, I didn't like them because I didn't like how they started. So I was, like, not rooting for it, but I didn't want it to end this badly and this destructively. And then, two years later, Paul tracks Caroline down and calls her unfeeling which like fuck you no she realized that you had a wife and you had a kid and that that was a big responsibility that you needed to be a part of so she did the right thing and stepped out of the way like fuck you no she's not unfeeling like this is where I was like coming full circle around to Caroline's side because I was like fuck Paul like no and she did the right thing too she was like go back to your daughter like I loved her for that and then a while later she runs into Paul and Lena who's his daughter at a party and now Paul was done with Raina, so there's, like, kind of the implication that, like, Caroline could be with Paul. But instead, she chooses to focus on the rabbits, which I appreciate. And she goes to Poland to do all their medical checks, and she gets them at all, come to the U.S. And I love that at the end, she's our connection to Susanna too, because Susanna stays in the United States, and that's how we see her wedding, and how she's running a successful restaurant with Serge, and how Susanna's adopting a child. Like, Susanna and Serge were my favorite characters in this book. I love them. But, yeah, that is the wrap-up on Caroline. Now, moving on to Cassia, and she is probably the most coming-of-age person that we have because she's a teen when the war starts, an adult when it ends. So, that's more of a traditional coming-of-age arc, whereas Caroline, like, and... Herta are both kind of adults when it starts and ends. So she is the most coming of age arc. And I think Cassia also has the best story arc too because it really is her story. So Caroline is a conduit for all of the other stories. Without Caroline, these stories wouldn't happen because we wouldn't have her saving the rabbits. We wouldn't have her, you know, knowing about the Nuremberg trials and knowing about Herta and stuff. But it's really her influence that allows Cassia's story to shine because Cassia's story is the most interesting and the most cohesive of a narrative too because Caroline kind of hops from thing to thing. She's with Paul and then she's to find his child and then she's looking into the rabbits. Like it's just a bunch of different things that she does throughout the thing whereas Cassia's is like one solid narrative of like her living her life and you know occupied Poland and then going to the camps and then having to adjust after. So Cassia's village gets taken over by the SS clearly and 
I like that Cassia is the one who thinks, like, love is, like, a compact going click, which is what Pietric does to her. And because Pietric is involved in a resistance movement, Cassia gets herself involved. And Cassia then finds out that her mom is spending time with the SS to try and save her family, which Cassia doesn't get. And she's like, why the fuck are you spending time with the SS? Like, no, thank you very much. I get it. It's, like, hard because they're occupying your country. But your mom is doing what she can to try and protect you. She thinks that if she does this... You guys will be protected. Why do you not realize that, you know? And then Cassia has a mission and she gets followed by an SS to her job because she spends time making sure the Jewish girl actually looks like a Catholic girl so she can get out of the country. And so she gets followed and then her Pietric, Pietric's little sister, Susanna, and Susanna and Cassia's mom are all taken and put on a train car and in this context we all know what it means when you're being put on a train car squished in like cattle like we all know you're going to a camp that's just what it is we've read enough holocaust stories we've heard enough holocaust stories to know this is where it's going even if we didn't know cassia ends up at ravensburg so cassia ends up at ravensburg and they have a really really rough callus intakes and their heads get shaved and everywhere gets shaved and it's just, like, seeing that, and then her math teacher's baby is taken to be killed, so the math teacher is killed, too, by the dogs, in this most, like, brutal way possible to be killed by dogs, and then Cassia is the one that gets tasked with writing the number on the body and dragging it away, and her mom's wedding ring gets taken, which, like, becomes a big thing, but I hate that her mom's wedding ring gets taken and stuff, and, like, we know that it's Herta because we've seen enough of Herta's point of view to know it's her, but we also, like, are seeing it from Cassie's point of view, so we're getting, like, the confusion and the what the fuck is going on kind of thing. And then Cassie gets sent to solitary, and when she gets out, she is taken away and knocked out and wakes up with the cast on her leg, having been experimented on, so she is a rabbit. And it's not just one operation that she has, it's multiple, but... She writes a letter in P to her father exposing the names of the people doing this and her father sends her back the red string so her father gets it which thank god he sent her back the red string because I was like it was very smart when she did that and when she was like oh I can send a letter in P which was you know I would never have thought of that I would have just died having known the names but I love that she gets it to her father and her father gets it and she's able to like do something even from in the camps and Oh my god, the workman that comes to do the things and he sings them the world news in French loved him. He was so good. He was, like, just literally doing one part to, like, let them know what's going on to keep them connected to the outside world because it's not like they have any connections and, like, any information all the German people are getting is anyways filtered through, like, Hitler's pro-Germany lens. So I love that he was actually giving them the world news. And then we see Nadia, and she's on a truck from Auschwitz, but she's stopping at Ravensburg, and Cassia and Nadia get a conversation together before Nadia's group leaves, and then there's a blackout, and the blackout happens when they're trying to round up all the rabbits to kill the rabbits so that nothing about the experiments gets out, but Cassia and Susanna get on the Swedish Red Cross bus, And then they get home, and Cassia is a mess. She doesn't like her dad's new girlfriend. She's pissed no one came to their aid, and that Poland was out of the frying pan, being occupied by Germany, but into the fire being occupied by Stalin. They have to burn all this evidence of them ever being at Ravensburg to protect themselves. And it just, like, she has a really hard time. And she reunites with Pietrick, which we're like, okay, this is going to be good for her. But 
he has major PTSD from being forced to be a Red Army soldier, and they just end up getting married, and they have a little daughter who Pietrick is insistent they name Helena, which is what Cassie's mom's name was, and she didn't like it, and it's like, why are you not actually having conversations about this? Like, I get it, it's hard, but it's like the romance reader in me was like, have conversations, like, if you can't agree on what to name your child, why are you naming your child that, right? Like, so many things, and then we see Cassia as a mother, and she hates Helena's affinity for art and flips shit when Helena gets paints and ends up slapping Helena and breaking the paintbrush, which, like, is hard because because she's seeing her mom reflected in her daughter, and it's, it's hard because you want to tell her, like, why are you not talking to somebody gets it, right? Like, you want to say, why are you not talking to Susanna, or why are you not talking to Pietrick about all this pain and anger that you have so that you can be a good mother to your daughter, but she's not, and it sucks because it sucks for everyone involved, but she ends up looking like the bad guy because why are you being so awful to your child kind of thing, and then the opportunity presents itself for them to go to the United States, and Cassia initially doesn't want to go because Susanna has cancer, but Susanna finally gets clearance, and I was so thankful Susanna got clearance because I didn't want Susanna to die, and, like, obviously now, like, reading the book, you know, she survives, but it was a little dicey there. Like, I love Susanna, and I didn't want her to freak out, and in the United States, Cassia does freak out about having to have an operation, and eventually she does when she realizes, like, she won't be in pain. It'll help her, but she doesn't see the point of psychiatric or psychological help which you know from the outside looking in we all know she needs and she also gets pissed at Susanna because she finds a new life for herself in the U.S. which like why you should be happy for your sister like I don't know it's hard because I don't want to say anything because she's been through this trauma and it's good that we're reading a character that's not the model trauma patient it's good that she's not just able to be so happy that she's free, that she's okay for the rest of her life. It's good that we're reading this trauma. It just sucks that we're reading this trauma because you just want her to be okay. And after everything that you've been through, right, like, obviously it's not her fault that this is the way her mind has now been shaped by this, but you want her to be able to be okay. And it is, like, it's not self-inflicted, but it's coming from her mind because of the trauma that she's been through, right? It's a mental illness. And you just want her to be okay and so it's like it sucks in a way but it's important in a way too that we're getting this perspective and not just this model trauma patient so that's why it's hard for me to say things because it's like obviously on one hand don't go to your daughter's art show get drunk and spout off to teachers but on the other hand like she went to the art show and on the other hand She's been through a lot of trauma, so it's hard. But she does go to the art show, and then after that, she wakes up the next morning, and she's like, I'm going to go ID Herta because Caroline had told her to go to Germany and make a positive ID on Herta because Herta has been let out and is practicing medicine again. And at Herta's office, she finds out that her mom died for stealing supplies and trying to edit the rabbit list to protect her and her sister. But she gets her mom's ring back, And finally, like, when she gets home, she feels her compact go click with Pietrick, which I was very happy about because I was like, okay, she can finally start to, like, grow and move on from this. And like I was saying earlier, she has the biggest and most complete arc, and it's hard because of how much pain she goes through in contrast with Zuzanna. 
because Zuzana is so sympathetic and so like the model trauma patient. Cassie is not sympathetic, but she doesn't have to be. That's the other thing. It's like you think that this woman should be sympathetic, right? Like you see, it's kind of interesting because the gender roles are flipped. Usually when there's somebody in the family that's a drunk and there's somebody that's belligerent and there's somebody that is violent, it's the father. It's always seen as the father being the abuser. And she's not abusive, I don't think. I think some of her tendencies are a little like abusive tendencies, but I don't think she's a full-on abuser. But we're flipping the gender roles in that Beatrix, who is the one who was struggling in the beginning when they met, is now okay and is now loving and doting on Helena and everything. And Cassia is the one that's actually struggling. So it's interesting in that regard. And I just think she's a really interesting and really important character. Now, finally, moving on to Herta, who is interesting to read from because she's so obviously very evil. And we don't see a ton of her either. Like, her point of view is very sporadic, but also kind of very necessary. Like, it's so weird how these three people are so disconnected for so long. Like, the only connection Herta has to either of these girls is that she operates on Cassia. She has no connection to Caroline, besides the fact that Caroline has a connection to the rabbits, right? So it's so interesting how there's so loose connections but so important to, like, build a story together. And Herta starts as a med student who's eating up German propaganda, even though her dad is sympathetic to Jews. And every time her dad was saying something good about Jews and how she shouldn't just listen to the German propaganda, I was like, yes, see, listen to your elders. You need to listen to your father. And she, oh my God, this is the one thing about this book was Liz was like, Herta's point of view was the more harrowing point of view because these are the stories that haven't got told, at least the stories that I haven't been exposed to in terms of what being German in Germany was like at the time. We see a lot of Holocaust stories, but I haven't seen this point of view. So it was, that's why it was really interesting to read, even though she's so obviously evil and she's not a sympathetic character and I'm not like liking her. It was interesting to see her side of the story and how she goes to the German girls camp where her friend was raped by two German boys from a German boys camp. And that's just kind of accepted because as long as they're blue-eyed, blonde-haired Germans, it's good for them because they'll be continuing the German population, which, like, no, 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 (laughs) no, and that's why Herta cuts all of her hair off so she won't seem desirable, and you see how, like, she used to do something that's, like, It's something that she doesn't have to do, but she has to do. It's like how you hear girls like, you know, don't let anybody pour you a drink. Watch your drink at all times. If you set your drink down, don't go back to it, right? Like all the things that girls know how to do now, it's like a really interesting thing to see how that was around back before then and how she had to like cut her hair off so she wouldn't seem desirable and stuff. And she is the sole breadwinner of her family and it's really hard to find work as a female doctor. And then we get to what's arguably the worst part about this is that her uncle the butcher because Herta has like skilled hands and his good fine motor skills makes her make condoms I'm pretty sure and jacks off while she's there and her aunt knows about it because her aunt walks in and doesn't do anything and at this point even despite all the German propaganda and all of that bullshit I was like okay I had to have sympathy for her in that moment because nobody deserves sexual abuse right that was not okay not 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 okay I I hated that scene 
so much. And so, because of all of this, she goes to Ravensburg, and she's the only female doctor there, and initially she struggles with, like, the lethal injections and all these things. She's like, I'm supposed to be a doctor, I'm supposed to be helping. But by the time Cassia shows up, she's all cold and calloused, and she actually develops a relationship with Cassia's mother, Helena, who is sketching officers for bread, and because of their relationship... Harta pulls Helena in to work in the medical office, and then another nurse catches them dancing around, and Helena is never seen again. So it's because of the relationship that she develops with Helena that Helena dies. So it's interesting, too, that she tells Cassia that her mother died, you know, stealing supplies and trying to edit the rabbits list, when that could be true, but also we know that the last time that Herta saw Helena, they were dancing around, which was not approved behavior. And Herta has trauma, too, right? Like, she receives high praise for these surgeries that she does, which is literally so disgusting that they're testing gunshot wounds on people and how to, like, treat them. Like, fuck you, no. But she starts cutting herself, which never really gets resolved. She just talks about how, like, she cuts herself because it's a stress reliever, but that never gets, like, brought up ever again and stuff. And... When permit when news of the experiments leak, she gets permission to kill the rabbits, but then she has to run away when Germany gets invaded, but her mom's new boyfriend, she returns home, and her mom's new boyfriend turns her in, and then tries to slit her wrist, but the police end up saving her, so she gets found guilty at the Nuremberg trials and gets 20 years, but not death. So, it's just a really painful story. A really, really painful story. And to wrap up this episode... As painful as this book is and as slow as this book was, it was a really interesting story and it's very interesting in the way it all comes together. And like I said, Cassie is the most interesting because she's the biggest and the best arc and she's really her own character, whereas Caroline and Herta are kind of filler for the rest of the story in context. But it was really good and I know there's a sequel coming out, or not a sequel, it's a prequel, but the prequel is of Caroline's ancestor and it's during the civil war era and i'm not gonna read it it might be a long time if i ever read it but i'm not have any plans to read it because this book was long and slow and as interesting as it was to think about i don't have any interest in reading the prequel so yeah i have been my gosh and this has been my take on lilac girls by martha hall kelly Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.